Welcome to Osteopathy Unplugged. I'm Steve Paulus Dio. And I'm Bonnie Gintis Dio. We're American osteopathic physicians, and we're a married couple devoted to the practice and the study of osteopathic medicine. We developed Osteopathy Unplugged out of our passion for osteopathy and the recognition that our profession needs a more intimate conversation about who we are and what we do. Join us as we sit in conversation, talking about the inner and outer workings of osteopathy. Welcome to episode 19, to talk or not to talk, that is the question. In this episode, we'll be discussing whether a patient should or shouldn't talk during an osteopathic treatment. We'll also address whether it's okay or troublesome for the osteopath to talk during a treatment. There really isn't a right or wrong here. The important question we're asking is, do you choose your style or are you just following habit? Good habits are worth keeping and bad habits need to be discarded. Knowing the difference between a good and a bad habit is essential. That's what we'll be looking at in this episode. This is the third episode in our Practice of Osteopathy series where we explore the details of an office visit that are not related to anatomy, biomechanics, or osteopathic philosophy. In this series, we look closely at the how to be with a patient in the most effective way. This how-to series is worthy of discussion, and we believe it'll give you insight into how to be a more effective osteopath. We will have additional episodes in this series covering the topics of Are choreographed treatments, protocols, or sequencing acceptable or not acceptable ways to treat osteopathically? How to end an osteopathic treatment? What about the issue of engine wiping? And then we'll be covering some myth busters, scrutinizing common illusions in osteopathic practice. And there'll be many more to come, so stay tuned. As always, we invite our listeners to openly discuss their experiences So that everyone can benefit from your questions, please post your questions in the comments section on Patreon or on our Facebook page. We love questions and comments. Steve, why don't you get us started? Okay, I've got a question for all of our listeners. This is a question that's not commonly or even uncommonly discussed in the osteopathic profession. In fact, as a teacher, I've never been asked this question. Okay, wait for it. This question is worthy of discussion even though it's not in the canon of common questions to ask an experienced osteopath. Here it is. During an osteopathic treatment, is it okay, normal, or acceptable for a patient to talk? In a related sense, is it okay, normal, or acceptable for the osteopath to talk during an osteopathic treatment? So what is the ultimate question? To talk or not to talk? That is the question. Bonnie and I are going to take a dive into the waters of the practice of osteopathy and discuss the realism and controversy of to talk or not to talk. Okay, Bon, do you have anything to add to this intro before we start talking about talking? (laughs) Well, I do indeed have something to say about talking. Of course you do. It's not about talking or not talking. What's important to me is what we choose to talk about, when we talk, and how we talk. I frequently say about a lot of different things in life, it's not about what you do, it's the consciousness with which you do it. That's what's important. Talking isn't wrong, talking isn't right. I just want people to be aware of the power of talking 
and use it as a therapeutic agent. Like any therapeutic process, the timing, the dose, and the content are very important. I'm going to sort through the answers to this question into 11 specific styles of practice in what I call types. We'll then discuss each one independently and then bring it all together in the end. The first I call type one or the conventional model from an osteopathic perspective. The conventional model of talking or not talking is based upon the prevailing medical paradigm of the SOAP note. SOAP is an acronym and represents the subjective objective assessment and plan phases of the written office visit. For our non-American listeners, I want to point out that I think the SOAP, SOAP, format is primarily American. It comes from the medical mainstream and is related to documenting and providing information for the insurance system to evaluate whether they'll process a payment for a visit. I'm mentioning this as a cautionary note so that we don't let a formal choreographed process rule our practice style. I do understand the value in looking at what needs to happen in an office visit and breaking it down, like the way the SOAP process does, but let's all be sure to put the pieces back together into a seamless whole when we're done. Historically, the SOAP organization of a medical office visit was developed originally as a method of recording features of an office visit into a formal medical record by a physician. It was and continues to be the dominant form of record keeping either by handwriting a chart note or by entering the information into an electronic medical record for doctors and allied medical professionals. In many ways, the face-to-face office visit has been re-engineered to fit the SOAP model of charting. That can be considered good or bad depending on your perspective. Now let's break down the conventional SOAP model. During the subjective part, the patient primarily talks and the physician or osteopath asks targeted questions. During the objective part, a physical exam is performed and generally the patient does not talk. During the assessment part, the physician or osteopath talks and reveals the diagnosis, pre-diagnosis, working hypothesis preceding a diagnosis, or just explains the findings to the patient. During the plan part, the physician or osteopath usually talks the most while organizing the treatment plan, and the patient may ask questions to clarify understanding. This is the section in the prevailing medical model where a prescription is written, labs or x-rays are ordered, referrals to specialists are made, or procedures are performed or planned. In my experience, it's not so tidy and choreographed. No. And um, while the four components definitely all happen in a visit of mine, and I appreciate the value of all these different phases of the visit, they flow fairly fluidly with a lot of variation, and I go back and forth a lot. In an osteopathic office visit, where the intention is to provide a hands-on osteopathic treatment, the basic workflow in a type 1 encounter is similar, but the order of events are arranged differently compared with an office visit to a medical doctor. The osteopathic SOAP note, or SOAP office visit, is as follows. During the subjective phase, the patient primarily talks, and the physician or osteopath asks targeted questions. This section is essentially unchanged. Mm -hmm. During the objective phase, an osteopathic physical exam is performed, And if you are an American osteopathic physician, then we also add in an allopathic physical examination. 
Generally, the patient does not talk much during this stage unless the osteopath needs additional verbal information or clarification. It's here where the osteopathic office visit differs the most. We then move aspects of the formal osteopathic treatment or what is otherwise found in the plan to be concomitant with the objective physical exam. We diagnose and treat in sequence. In this situation, the medicine or the prescription is the osteopathic treatment, and it is supplied in the middle of the office visit and not at the end. So for me, diagnosis and treatment are not always so clear and separate. Sometimes my hands are on someone, and although I don't have a formal diagnosis, I'm still monitoring the patient's response to what I'm doing in the treatment. So I'm going back. It's more like call and response than diagnosis and treatment. During these two phases, I tend to not talk much. My attention requires a certain amount of silence. Something happens when neither party talks, and there's a clearing that expands perception and presence, and you don't get to experience this if you continue to chat superficially during this part of the visit. Let's move on to the assessment phase, or the discussion regarding the diagnosis or osteopathic appraisal following the hands-on osteopathic treatment component. In this situation, the talking is done primarily by the osteopath. In this phase, we discuss our findings to the patient and give an explanation from the perspective of anatomy, biomechanics, osteopathic philosophy, or if necessary, an allopathic disease-based diagnosis. There are some osteopaths who either don't do this or do this in a very limited way. It's not my style, but it works for some people. We just want everybody to remember that one of our mottos is there is room for everyone in the house of osteopathy, and we're not trying to be the thought police or the practice police and tell you what you should or shouldn't do here. We're just asking you to think about how you do what you do and to be thoughtful and to fully choose that that's what you're doing. And we're going to be talking later on in the episode about this particular style of practice. Okay, Steve. So let's go to the final aspect of the The episode you've been listening to just faded out because you are not yet a subscriber to Osteopathy Unplugged. Please visit patreon.com slash osteopathyunplugged and become a subscriber in order to have full access to the rest of this episode as well as the complete collection. We have created a set of foundational episodes that will be available for free for everyone. These teachings provide an introduction to osteopathic clinical philosophy. However, the full versions of all episodes are only available through Patreon. Access Patreon through their app or through a browser page. Thank you for listening to Osteopathy Unplugged. And thank you for your interest in the osteopathic experience. Until next time, be well, listen deeply, and stay curious.